welcome to The Entrepreneurial Lawyer, How to Grow Your Law Firm, a podcast for managing and growing your legal practice. Hello, and welcome to this episode of The Entrepreneurial Lawyer. I am your host, Dan Cuneo, along with the best co-host, Sarah Tan Bates. Hello. How are you? Um, apparently looking very judicial today. Which, yes, Your Honor. Yeah, see? People can't see it, but I have on the black shirt with the white collar. It, it's perfect. It's perfect for today's episode. Is that why we all had a rise when you walked in? <laughs> no, that's just standard. <laughs> no matter what I'm wearing. <laughs> we have an awesome show today. All our shows are awesome, but today's a little bit unique and special. Do you know why? Because we're talking about me. Yes. Ah. <laughs> and training. Yes. And legal ops. Ah. Um, two topics that I'm incredibly passionate about, not just topics, but operational functions within a law firm organization that I think a lot of people are starting to pick up on those trends or maybe not, and they should be considering it. In your opinion, has there been a change in the way that firms view training for their attorneys 2019 versus today? Yeah, it's a good question. And I think the answer is yes, because they had to. Hmm. You know, think about it. The the world or the environment that all of us were living in, it went very remote. And a lot of people are coming back in this hybrid environment. So it's very different not being able to just sit down face-to-face with an individual and train them. You know, and, and when you're bringing on an attorney or a paralegal, most of the time you're not you know, training them to be an attorney or a paralegal, but you have operational policies, procedures, business process management, which I know you and I are both incredibly passionate about, uh, that you need to educate this individual on so they Mm -hmm. can represent your clients and operate the way that you want them to operate to represent your firm. So I think historically there was a lack of it. And a lot of people maybe just got, you know, a manual dumped on their desk. Here you go. You know, we're here to answer any questions you might have. But you're seeing a lot more people in many industries, not just legal, really adopt um, more of a virtual and electronic type of training methodology. And what I mean by that is there's amazing systems out there. Uh, I'm a big fan of creating different workflows for training. Uh, you should always have documentation, but other ways, I mean, you could do videos and you can do instructor-led training sessions. A huge thing that's popping up is assessments. So once somebody is trained on a certain policy, procedure, how-to, whatever it might be, you, you stop. You stop that training and you implement an assessment to ensure that they're actually absorbing and able to process that knowledge and that information. Um, I mean, Dan, let's be honest. How many times have either one of us sat through some type of training? You're not really listening, right? Oh, is this training? Right, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're not really listening or 100% paying attention. How do you know in this environment when we're in the hybrid virtual workplace that is it's actually making a difference or that the employee is understanding the, the training process? Because how do you keep them engaged in, yeah. in that? Um, that's a really great question. I think there's a couple of different ways. I think always something good to do with training is benchmark. Benchmark performance and where it was and what some of those problem areas happened to be at the time and see 
after you've implemented a new training structure, if those areas improve with new people coming in and even current employees that are still with the firm. I think other great things, surveys. I know sometimes we survey people to death, but ask people, did you walk away from this experience feeling like you got something from it, that you have the tools to be able to do your job? That's a good point. So when you talk about surveys, we probably want to make sure they're anonymous, right? I don't know that they necessarily have to be during so how do you know that training. They're, they're going to be that give you that honest feedback. Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I don't know that you ever truly get 100% honest feedback from any type of survey, but I, I think the messaging is what matters here. So um, if you do it confidentially, you're right, you might get more direct feedback, but you could also say, hey, this is going to be confidential, but in the sense that we're going to collect your name, but only if we need to reach out to you to gather additional information. Um, you could state this information or your name's not going to be shared with the individual who trained you. So it doesn't mean the trainer themselves is sending the survey. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a manager. You know, maybe it's your chief partner, somebody else that's not actually the one that gave them the training. So maybe they feel a little bit more comfortable. But I think the message is, if something needs to improve, we need to hear that from you so we can fix it for the next person going through this process. How in-depth are the training sessions? Do you break it up or do you just do everything all at once? No, just to I, I'm a big fan of breaking it up. Right. If you try to cram too much information in such a short period of time, people check out no matter what you do or how you do it. Um, there's actually been studies, and I'm sure they're constantly evolving and changing, but you probably get... Truly, two hours, two hours from somebody that they might really, really, really give you their full attention. And that's not everybody. Um, so breaking it up is the best thing you could do. Not only breaking it up, but maybe break it up and let them start actually implementing. You know, so, okay, we've trained you on this. We're now going to set you free. Try it. You know, get your, get your feet wet, get your hands dirty, whatever that looks like. Actually dig in and start completing this task or working through this workflow. Um, and then you come back and you do more. Now, when I say breaking it up, it doesn't mean it has to be this, you know, 60 day long period process, but you could do a session in the morning, break for a couple hours, come back and do more in the afternoon. I always think it's nice to break it up with some of the instructor led and then let them go out on their own. Mm -hmm. You know, read and acknowledge. Um, that's a good place, though, again, to throw in those assessments. But you want to make sure when you're talking about the, the training, it's on policies and procedures and actual work that they're doing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's it's like the day-to-day, -day, right? Um, the day-to-day -day responsibilities, the day-to-day -day functions. It's really how they are handling their job description is a great way to put it. Right. So here's your job description. Here's everything you're responsible for doing. And here's exactly how you do all of those things within this organization. So some of them could be very quick hit and some of them can be much more in depth, especially if you're getting into, you know, file management systems, um, legal software, things like that. Definitely should be training people on your expectations of how they interact with your potential clients, your clients, billing practices. Um, those are big, big hitters in law firms. And I don't, I'm not sure of your experience, but mine has been with a lot of people we've talked to, they don't have these things in place. I Yeah, I would probably go out on a ledge here and say that the majority of firms don't have something very robust. 
from what, the, what you're describing. I will tell you, and I will not name names. Um, there was a representative for a firm that you and I were actually talking with, and they informed us they do not even have a process in place to close a file. I think my eyes almost popped out of my head (laughs) at the time. I'm just thinking, what do you do with all of these files? Where did they go? Because they had shared they weren't electronic. You know, these are just those hard, bulky files. And it seems so simple, but it's so important to, you're taking all of the unknown out. People, especially attorneys, already have challenging jobs. You know, make it as easy as possible. And training is one of the best ways you can possibly do that. Right. And, it, and not only just to allow for efficiency and success at the job, but it would help with morale and and being, you know, more of the champion for that, that company or that firm. Well, it's for your people, too. Right. Um, so there, there's a saying and we all know it. But if if you show that you care about your people. If you commit to your people, they commit to you as an organization in return. Um, Again, there's a lot of articles and a lot of studies out there that training is something that lacks greatly. People feel that organizations are invested if you offer training. I think you can break the training into two categories, at least from an attorney's perspective. So you have the the onboarding, which is training, dealing with billing software that you mentioned and policies and procedures of the firm. But then you have the aspect of the practice of law. Yeah. And, and I think that would vary based upon the type of law or the matter, but then also the years of experience of the attorney. So would you approach both of those differently? I would actually look at that even a little bit differently than you just said. So I look at the initial onboarding as the HR responsibility. And then you get into the technical training is what I like to call it. So your technical, again, day-to-day training. But to your point, I mean, based on years of experience, do you approach that differently? It depends. I mean, you have to assume Somebody new coming into your organization does not know how your organization operates. Um, Yes, I have definitely been known to... So uh, here's an example for you. I have a program in place that I created many, many years ago, and it's just a paralegal 101 crash course. This was created because there's amazing admins out there or legal secretaries that have an opportunity to move into a legal assistant role. But there's some basic fundamentals that they maybe don't fully understand. So this course, 90 days, 90 days, that is a crash course for paralegal 101, right? Um, If somebody has a little bit of legal experience though, we might cut that down to 60 and say, you certainly could. That's what I call it exactly. Fast track, but you never skip. You say, hey, I know you probably already know this, but I want to take a look at it with you. Do you have any questions about it? So yeah, you can always alter, but it's going to be so specific to each individual. I would try to be as consistent as possible or at least make sure they Mm -hmm. have access to all information. And probably checking in too would be good to know once that training is completed, let them fly solo essentially, right? But then what periodic check-ins? Um, I can feel myself getting just very excited about this. No, (laughs) you should be constantly checking in for at least, at least two to four weeks after somebody has completed training. And when I say you, I mean the trainer, but also the manager. There is a point where the manager has to step in, you know, start getting involved. Another thing firms really should think about, mentor programs. Yeah. It's... 
anybody, all of us, every one of us could benefit from a mentor. And not just from training, but also someone you can confide in. Yes. Because then you can ask questions. You don't have to feel if there's any silly ones that are out there. Yeah. Well, think about this. So, um, Dan, I've just trained you on the pre-bill process, but you don't actually get pre-bills every single day. You've gone through training and here we are. Um, where it is time to receive your pre-bill. You've been here, let's just say two weeks. You've got a you know a little bit of billable time in the system and you're thinking, I know I was trained on this, right? And I know there's a document, but I don't remember exactly what I'm supposed to do if I need to make an edit to this pre-bill before it's actually billed to my client. Having a mentor, they have a checklist. Here are all the tasks that are going to be coming up within this duration of time. Try to check in with your mentee during this time period to see if they need any help or assistance handling these things. So, yeah, it's a very structured type of program in many cases. Um, But I, I will say that in my experience, we've had huge success from it. And typically... I assign mentors for 60 to 90 days, and then we survey on that as well. That's a great idea. I remember back when I first started litigating, and my I passed the bar, showed up at the firm, was given, I doubt a laptop at that time, which makes me feel like I'm dating myself. <laughs> just, but, just the desktop. <laughs> a desktop and, yeah. and a file. And here you go. Yep. Figure it out. And I had to be in court the next day. Oh. A simple discovery motion, but at the time, I didn't know that. No one prepped me. How did you feel? Scared. Scared. Nervous. Right. Exactly. And I remember talking to the judge saying, can you please grant this? This is just this is my first motion. Don't <laughs> deny it. It's my second day. <laughs> and I remember the judge saying, Mr. Cuneo, there will be other times your motions are granted and denied. 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 <laughs> <laughs> and it's just stuck with me. But there, the reason I bring it up is because there was no training. No training. You know, yeah. Formal training is good, but at least has some type of training. Right? I agree. It's huge. It really is. And, and training is just, it's so different to your point than what it used to be. And another thing I'll just point out, if you do have training and it's in that old school paper manual, get away from it. People look at those things now and just like, oh, you know, <laughs> um, the electronic broken up. I like to call them how-to documents, hyperlinks. I mean, have those screenshots, the visuals. That's what really, really tends to speak to people nowadays. Right. And it pulls them Well, in. definitely me. I'm more visual. I am as well. But yeah, definitely. If you're not investing in training, think about it, you know, get it on your roadmap, be strategizing about it because it really does make a huge impact. What are your thoughts on training and its, well, proper training and its impact on employee retention? Oh, you know, that, that is another one that could go a lot of different directions. You could do the absolute best at training somebody and other things are going on in your organization, which causes them to leave. But if you don't give somebody the tools and train them the second they walk in the door, you're just setting them up for failure from the get-go. I mean, and why does somebody want to stay somewhere where they don't know, again, the day-to-day, what's expected of them, how to do their job? They constantly feel as if they're running around trying to ask questions or figure out the right way. People get burnt out from that. They're going to look for a place that's going to invest in ramping them up 
from day one. At what point in the training process or maybe after the training process to where it's no longer the the trainer, but maybe the trainee? Oh, that's a good one. I always like to give people 90 days. Now, I'm not saying at 90 days, you just got it all down. But if you're having all of those touch points, so your trainer, your leader, and your mentor, and we're still not quite getting somebody on track. And at that point, you probably already assessed, let's do this again. Let's go through training again. Then you need to be having difficult conversations probably, you know, and I say difficult, but I mean, where, where are you feeling like you're at right now? You know, I'm still seeing some challenging areas. Here's what I'm seeing. Here's where you need to be. These are the expectations. What can we provide to you to get that you there? That can be difficult because you have this new employee. So you want to continue to make a good impression. You don't want to run them off. But at the same time, you want you don't want to continue to devote all this time, effort, and resources yeah. to someone if they're not going to pick it up. Right. And 90 days, you don't really, really know 100% how somebody's going to perform. But you do know if they're catching on at that point or not. Um, so I like to say at 90 days, if you're not there, let's give it another 30, invest a little bit more in training. But if you're still not there after that, or at least picking it up, you mm-hmm. as the uh, employer might have to make a very difficult decision. And I'm sure you encourage the employees who are being trained to ask all questions. All the questions. I do think that people are sometimes nervous to ask questions. So that's another mentor comes into the, mm-hmm. you know, into the mix and they feel more comfortable in that one-on-one environment. But yeah, ask all the questions. Thanks, Sarah. This is so informative. Hopefully the individuals who are listening will have taken some notes and will implement some of the ideas that you, you come up with and some of the training suggestions that you suggested because it is so important and imperative for the growth and the success, not just of the company, right? Or the firm, but also the employee. Yeah, I agree. And thank you to everyone for tuning in. Please don't forget to like and subscribe The Entrepreneurial Lawyer. Thank you for listening to The Entrepreneurial Lawyer, How to Grow Your Law Firm, presented by Lexicon. Lexicon is a legal software and services provider that enables lawyers to do what they do best, practice law. Tune in next time with our hosts and be sure to subscribe and leave your review on your preferred podcast streaming platform or by visiting lexiconservices.com. Mm-hmm.